Brett Perigo, tonight's second place finisher. Plenty of fans here, Brett, and a solid second place finish. Yeah, I got to shout out the uh, Turn 2 Terrors over there. Uh, they're all a bunch of good guys to hang out with, talk to. I, I really like them. Hey, I'm talking here. <laughs> you know who you're talking to? <laughs> Macho Man! <laughs> On my way to Monday Night Raw! The second one. <laughs> Your choice. It's a oh. trap. I feel like it is. Like he's, he's setting up fights in the front stretch. Is what he's trying to do. <laughs> Devin Gordon with us at Keen Motorsports Shop here with Kyle Keen. Sitting here with Sean Keen. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about racing history. Yep. January 15th, 2024. Well, what's going on? We are to turn to Terribles here with another episode, our second episode of the 2024 season. Uh, excited for this one tonight. We've got a special guest with us, Tony Jackson. Had a great wing, uh, wing and wingless, obviously, sportsman season this past year. Went in the Sportsman uh, 100 at BAPS and, and plenty of other races. And uh, we'll talk to him about, uh, get to know him a little bit, his past, and what's going on here for him in the future. Uh, and then we'll uh, just recap some news and notes, take a look at Chili Bowl a little bit. Uh, Jeremy, you went to a banquet this week weekend and uh, got a little recognition. And then, uh, Chris, we'll talk about what you got going on. Uh, later on as well. So, uh, fellas, how are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. Ready to go, man. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, same. Excited. Let's get right into it. We're going to bring in uh, Tony Jackson. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. Let me get this going here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Good, man. Hey, welcome to the show, dude. I appreciate you uh, jumping on with us a little bit. And you were on our. Um, you know, I, I feel like our list is long of people we want to have on here, but it really isn't. And you're on that short list, and we talked about it last year a little bit. And 
probably a good idea that we didn't last year because we'd have you right back this year and want you back for kind of what you have going on and what you've announced. But I'm going to go back first. We're going to get to that here in a minute and talk about 2024. But I don't know a lot about your history and your family's history in racing, if any. So if there's a lot of people like me, and, and listen, I know that there's plenty of people out there that do know, but I don't. And I know maybe Jimmy and Chris don't. Give me a little bit of background, your family's history in racing and kind of your history. Okay, so just to bring you up to speed real quick, uh, obviously I'm second generation driver. Um, my dad raced at the Springs from the late 70s to about 90, and that was actually for my uncle. So that was kind of a, a tight family deal there. Um, won a lot of championships, three or four, four and Silver Spring championships. I think they won the 104 times, had a really good career. Um, and then he ended up racing, coming back in 96 and 97 and racing for, for Highlands, for Zane. Um, and then he tinkered with some sprint car stuff a little bit here and there. Uh, my racing career got started. I raced micro sprints um, for about four years. I want to say it was like 90 through 2003. Um, and then I gave it up. Um, just, you know, we, I didn't want to. It, it costs a lot of money, obviously, to do this sport. And uh, I just kind of was going different directions and getting out of school and stuff, different things. But anyhow, so I gave my um, racing up for a while. And then uh, 10 years ago, I got back into it. Um, uh, Claire Finkenbinder um, approached me about driving. So I drove for him for, I guess, seven years. I think we raced uh, a combination of wing and wingless. We were kind of the only team. I don't want to say the only team, but we were the team that kind of did a lot of both. Um, one year we actually ran, I think, pretty much all the wing races and almost all the wingless races. It was it was a busy year, um, but it, it made me a better racer. You know, we raced a lot. Um, and then uh, he decided he was going to step away from it. And uh, I got a call from Scott and Lori Hess and they gave me the opportunity. He wanted to get back into the sport for the last two years. Um, I raced for him and we've had uh, a lot of success in two years. And uh last year we started kicking this around a little bit uh early in the year and then by the middle of the year we started putting things together for for 2024 as far as moving forward and, and going for 10 races so it's uh um kind of exciting and then also my as we're talking family my cousin barry jackson is actually the uh crew chief for cjb and he's did this for i mean he actually started with my dad at the springs back in the 80s so <laughs> He's uh, kind of worked for a lot of people, uh, Kenny Jacobs, Sammy Swindell, you know, a lot of people. So, uh, but he's been with CJB for quite some time now. So definitely a family tradition um, oh, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, right? Not just who it you've is. raced for, but and continuing to race for, you know, really. So, um, right. you know, I, I, kind of looking back a little bit and I'm, I'm a little bit of a latecomer when it comes to following your career and, um, mm -hmm. oh, okay. We got our first question. What was your dad's name? Uh, my dad's name is Larry. There you go. I, I'm pretty sure I knew that, but I wasn't going to just assume. Yeah. Um, Silver Spring, I was young, but I never got there a whole lot. I, I was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a Susquehanna kid. I'm, I'm from York, so yep. Susquehanna was up the street for us. It was pretty close. Um, but, you know, following your career the last two years and really how much ass you kicked is, is really impressive in a, in a very difficult division, really. I mean, there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of good cars. There's a lot of you know, I, I think experience trumps a lot in that division. I, I really believe that watching it. And I agree. It, it doesn't have to be the best stuff. You don't have to have all of it, right? I think we see that. 
what have you found in the last two years that really, you know, obviously we're going to, I know the common things are the team and, but what, what clicked for you in this car in this time right now, what really did it for you? Was it just a bunch of stuff to all at once? Yeah, we just have a very good package. Scott, my owner, he also sets the car up and everything. He's the crew chief. He, he does a tremendous job with, you know, getting me comfortable. We have an awesome shock package. Um, and, uh, we just, everything just works. Um, I hardly ever go out on the racetrack from, from the, from the hot laps to the heat, to the feature where my car doesn't get better all night long. Um, so, you know, I just know I need to go out there and not mess up. And, uh, with the equipment we have and, and with the confidence I have in him with getting the car where it needs to be, I know we're going to have a, a, you know, a, a fast race car, a car that's usually capable of running at the top, you know, in the front three or whatever. And then it's just a matter of, of uh, staying out of trouble and, and getting the job done. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of on me because they give me a race car there, you know, every night, obviously you're not going to do that every night, but you know, I look back at last year, we had uh, 41 races scheduled to race. We ended up running. Um, sorry. Something just popped up here. Oh, that's me. Sorry. That's a private. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't sure if you could still see me or not. Yeah. yeah you did. <laughs> okay. So anyhow, um, we ended up running last year, I think 29 races. We had 12 rainouts, but in those 29 races, we scored uh, 12 victories. Uh, we had six seconds and, uh, you know, a handful of thirds, fourths, fifths. We did have some motor issues last year that really just took us out of any point situation. We just had some part failures and just one of those years where luck wasn't on our side. Um, numerous times we were, you know, ran our heat race and, and qualified well to start, you know, towards the front of the feature or even 10th or 12th, depending on handicap night and went to go out for the feature. And we had motor failures, you know, before we even started the feature or on the first lap of the feature. So that was kind of a bummer, but, uh, <clears throat> but as far as, uh, when we were on the racetrack last year, we, I felt like we had a chance to win darn near every race we were in, which is kind of incredible. I mean, it really is. And it was hard to ignore it. It was hard to not watch where you were and what you were doing. Uh, was it Williams Grove where you were coming up through the field, got in an accident, went to the back, came back and won? I'm pretty sure that was that night, right? Um, no, that would have been the that, that would have been the, that was that Babs. was the final. Yeah, that was the final race at Babs. That was the wingless race at Babs. That's that would have right. been the Finkenbinder Memorial, which is actually a good paying race. That's actually probably the biggest wingless race all year. I've been fortunate enough to win that the last two years. Um, it's like a four thousand dollar to win race. So in a super yeah. sportsman, that's that's great money. Um. But anyhow, yeah, we got in a wreck early on and it and it actually tore the car up pretty bad. We got in the pits and luckily got back out. I think we restarted about 22nd or 23rd. And it, it you know, I just kind of, you know, I knew I had a lot of laps. It's a 40 lap race and I have a lot of laps at that track. So um, I just kind of found my way and started picking cars off. And the next thing I know, it's like, man, we have a chance to win this. And uh yeah, it was just there again. The car just worked so good. And uh, I can still remember Billy Bryan. Um, we're good friends. And we race hard against one another. And he was leading. And uh, I think I got him with about four or five to go. And he told me in victory lane, he's like, that's the best race car I ever had here. And you just basically went around me and left me sit. And <laughs> that, just, uh, that just goes to show you how good they had my race car. So I just had to be, uh, you know, smart enough and make the right decisions and drive it. Right. So were you able to see while that while that's going on, you knew you had a lot of laps. Were you gauging kind of like, okay, I can see the front, I'm counting cars and counting laps, or was it just keep going till you see the checkered flag and see where it ends up? Um, 
like I said, for the first few laps of my car, I just tried to feel out to make sure everything was, was okay. And then I just started to get a few cars and we would get a yellow and a few more cars and we'd get a yellow. I think around halfway, I kind of told myself, I'm like, wow, we're up to 10th. You know, we have a chance to actually win this. Obviously, the further towards the front you get, the harder they are to pass. But I think just everything fell right. We had the right brakes. We got some cautions because you do need cautions when you go to the rear, obviously. And uh, it just worked out. It's yeah. kind of pretty cool. Um, you know, how many times this year did you do a double or was that even a thing? Was it just once? How many times were there wing and wing together, wing and wingless together? So we did a double at Williams Grove and that was uh, a second place finish in the wing race. We started ninth. And we got to third and we raced Scott Dellinger and, and Kenny Aiken, Ekins for the lead there with about five to go. It was a heck of a race. It was actually an incredible race. There was a lot of people talking about that race that night. Us three went almost three wide for like the last three, four, five laps. Um, Kenny ended up passing Scott. Scott was leading. I think Kenny passed him with maybe two to go and then ended up getting Scott with one to go. We ended up second in that. And then we won the winless race. And then uh, also last year was Path Valley where we um, we won both of those. And then the year before we did the double at BAPS and we won both of those. So we did that. We've actually won back. We've won the doubles two different times last year at BAPS and then this year at Path Valley. So I wanted to ask you about just that idea. Um, listen, you're a professional. <laughs> like to me, that I feel like it would get out of one, getting into another at a place, maybe in BAPS, because you're just so comfortable, like a Williams Grove or a place that you don't run a ton of and do the double. It, do, do you have to feel that out for a lap or two to kind of get your bearings and with the wing and the wing on and off? Um, it's, or are you kind of like, hey, I, I've done this. I've been there, done that. No, I've done it enough that I – but I always tell myself when I'm walking out, going out on the racetrack, you know, it's kind of like – it's like checking your brakes. When I go out on the racetrack, first thing I do is pump my brakes, make sure I have good brakes. But uh, – I always tell myself, you know, I run it through my head. Okay, I have the wing on, so I know I can go into one or go into three pretty much as hard as I want. Versus if I have the wing off, um, you know, you have to back the corner up. Because if you don't, if you go in there like you have a wing on, uh, it, you, you, you're probably not going to make it through the turn. Well, you're not going to make it through the turn <laughs> um, because you're going to, the car is going to skate on you and take off. You're probably going to be in the fence upside down. So um, you definitely have to tell yourself, you know, you have to, remind yourself, Hey, I have a wing on, Hey, I don't, but, um, it's definitely a racing wingless has made me a lot better wing racer. You learn car control so much better. Um, I mean, I, I love racing with a wing, but I just as much, I like racing without a wing because it, it, it definitely puts more in the driver's hands. Um, the wing, um, just keeps the car, you know, Planted to the track so much more, even with the three by five sportsman wings, you know, it, it locks the car down a lot harder than obviously racing wingless. And, you know, some of my guys, I'm not going to mention names that I race with, you know, they've came right up and told me, they're like, how do you jump in a wingless car and do so well? You know, I struggle with it. And uh, it's like, you know, I don't know. I did it so long or I did it so much at Path Valley over the years that I've just got very comfortable with it. Um, one of the races that really stands out to me and, you know, I'll give give a little bit of credit to the division is the the wingless at BAPS. And the picture that we opened with, I don't know if you saw it on there, that you were up on the wall, yeah. just all hanging yeah. out. That race was one of the best races uh, like I've seen in a long time in any division anywhere. You guys were knocking the fence down that day in the feature like like it was you set. I mean, 
legit. Like I was just in awe watching you guys go around this place. And I'm like, there was not very many up there doing it. You were uh, Cliff or Billy Bryan, one of the two that yeah. likes the top, just absolutely ripping the fence. And I, I, I stood there and was just like, this is cool. I'm in the infield like yeah. taking pictures and I put my camera down. and was like, this is badass. So like yeah. a credit to, that, to you and that group to, to when it's there, I mean, it's as good as anywhere. What do you, I mean, is it hard yeah, to do that? Like, now that you, are, uh, you think that's going to be, yeah, you're so, you, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, the guy, when you race long enough in a division, you, you know, who, you know, who you have to beat on which night on, on certain tracks. Obviously when it's dead, dry, slick, you have guys that are very good at hugging the bottom, you know, driving through the middle, driving off straight. And then obviously when there's a heavy cushion, you, you know, you have your list there, but, yeah, when I when I run wingless, um, I pretty much know if there's a heavy cushion, you know, that's probably where I'm going to be, um, whether that's, you know, 10 feet off the wall or a foot off the wall. <laughs> um, and then and then, as you said, Cliffy, Brian's very good at that. Also, we've had some great battles um, this year, especially um, at Bedford. The first time we raced, I it was on the fence at both ends and it was lightning fast out there. That's a track I went to. Last year, I'm actually proud to say I'm undefeated there. I've ran three times there and won all three times, but I've had to work for all three, but especially two of them. I had to run Cliffy down last year. He led to like lap 14, I think, and I got him with maybe like six to go. Um, but yeah, you know, it is a very good class. Steve did a very good job and everybody that's had their hands in that deal as far as making that division. You know, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, they're upset because the division split and everything, you know, and that's a whole different story. But um, the wingless division is doing very well, carrying themselves and, and getting a lot of races. And, and you know, I, I, I like racing that division also. It's been entertaining to watch the few times that I've got to do it this year. And we're friends of the show, Brett Perigo. We, we got pretty close with him and he sort of introduced all of us a little bit to it. And probably, you know, being friends with him brought us out to watch him a little bit. And I got to go watch some of the wingless at Path Valley this year. Both times I went, it was so heavy that it was like it was sketchy. Like I'll be honest, they yeah. tore up a lot of race cars. That definitely yeah. needs to be wide for you guys um, to to yeah. be great. Um, kudos to Path Valley for even racing those nights uh, because I got to go watch a race. But um, just pretty cool all the way around. Uh, the wing stuff I didn't get to see as much the last two years simply because a lot of the nights that they race, I'm you know look, I'm a four ten snob. I'm at Williams Grove. I'm at Port. I'm at Lincoln. But when you guys run, it's always entertaining to me. Um, you know, for years when I was going to Lincoln as a kid and a young adult, watching Eichelberger carry the right front like two feet off the ground at Lincoln, it's yeah. not a big track. You know, that was like in his MO, you know. I just thought, like, I know a lot of the, the country is like, what in the world is for these cars? But for us, I think it's nostalgic. It It's a throwback. It's grassroots. But it's also extremely competitive, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, I – what can they – Let's talk about this year moving forward. Going into a 410, are you keeping any equipment to dabble back in the Sportsman? Yeah, we are. So we we have we had two chassis with the Sportsman. Uh, we currently have one. Uh, Motor-wise, we actually still have two. Um, so we are, are going to um, – we have some uh, some supporters that, that really like the Sportsman series and want us to at least, you know, stay involved a little bit. Um, they have ties to bats and everything. So we do have to do that. Um, wingless side, I'm not sure yet how much to, you know, we, we'd like to do a little bit of wingless if, if everything, you know, we got so many like pieces moving right now. We're not sure exactly 
how many races yet we're going to run, but like I have my dad's race. We always do every year, the end of April, we're going to do that. We're going to do the hundred lapper. Um, and uh, we'll just go from there. But yeah, we're, we are going to dabble a little bit in it, but you know, our focus is on 410 obviously. And I think it's probably, you know, how well does that go? If that goes really well, um, then maybe less sportsman racing. But, you know, if we have our struggles, which I know we're going to have some struggles, it's growing pains. Um, then, uh, then we'll probably run maybe a hand, you know, a few more sportsman races, but our, our goal is to, to become a 410 team and be a legit 410 team. And I really, you know, I think it's on my shoulders to do that because I really feel like we have the equipment for sure. And, you know, Scott's worked on 410s years ago and stuff. And so it's not like it's a complete new team. You know, he has a lot of experience in 410 racing and, uh, we're going to have great stuff and a lot of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, but we are going to dabble in sportsman a little bit. I would say your competition probably hates you saying that, but Jimmy, Chris, <laughs> what do you got for him? Uh, I, I'll jump in quick. Cause you, Tony, you mentioned the going back to run the sportsman 100. I know this past year was your first win. I was there tonight. That, that was a pretty cool night for me to be as a fan, a part of, um, what do you remember about that race? That was, that was an interesting, um, that was a tough race too with yeah. Dillinger and, yeah. So what I, what I, when I remember the hundred lapper, the first thing I think about is we had a dominant car all year long, all year long. And for some reason that night we did not have, and, and we were supposed to win that race. And the, the reason I say that, I feel like um, I've had the best race car in that race and not won it. But, you know, that's one of those races I told myself all week long, you know, all month leading up to it, you have to finish, you have to finish. And, uh, we definitely didn't have the fastest race car. The 30 had the fastest race car for sure. Um, but he didn't finish. And, you know, Scott and I are good friends. We pit beside each other. And, you know, at the end he came up and he said, Hey, that's the way it works out. You know, I didn't finish. You did, you won, but yeah, it was a, it was a race that, you know, you have to finish. We finished. He didn't, um, on deck had a great car. You know, he was leading for a while and ended up breaking, I think right when I was on like yeah, his tail. I think you were catching um, him. He caught a lap car. Yeah, I think, and yeah, yeah, we had caught him, but, yeah, we had a, uh, we had a, you know, we had some motor issues throughout the year and we just had a motor that night we were running it. Um, I mean, it got the job done. Get, don't get me wrong, but with our gear combination that night and everything, it just didn't line up. Like we, we had head there and uh, I was actually pretty frustrated at the break, um, but they made a few changes and was able to, uh, like I said, we were able to, able to finish it off and won the race. So, uh, I'm thankful for that. That was a race that I wanted to check off before I, you know, left the division, even though I'm not completely leaving it, but you know, we're going to really cut back. So it'll be hard to go back and, you know, win races with them when you're not there every week, you know? So, uh, I really wanted to get that under my belt. Sure. Jimmy, what do you got? Uh, get a couple questions here from, from the sure. viewers here. Uh, First one from, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, John Fulton, uh, with the division split after Silver Springs closed up, where do you see the Super Sportsman division headed? What does the future look like? Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it's hard because car counts aren't great, obviously, especially on the wing side. It seems like you know they're they're falling and like guys retire because, like we talked about it earlier, the Sportsman division is kind of a Oh, it seems like the older guys do, you know, they, they achieve, you know, they do better. They win more races. It seems like the veterans in that division seem to always be on top, 
but it seems like when the veterans retire, you know, like uh, Rich, you know, Eichelberger retired, you know, we're not replacing them. So that that worries me a little bit. Um, but then everybody also wants to say that, you know, all these car, the car counts are dropping, but, you know, they're dropping in every division because a lot of people forget at Silver Springs, when Silver Springs was great and big and a lot, a lot of cars, um, they didn't have, you know, the 358 were near as big as they are now. They're, the legend cars, um, there's so many more divisions now, the, the 305s especially, you know, that pulls away. So I, I, I hope it continues. I think the wingless are, you know, in good shape. And I, I hope that the wing are too, but I think the sportsman will be around for a while yet, I hope. Um, looking at 2024 here, you're, the plan for as far as tracks weekly, uh, what's your plan so far? And obviously, like you said, depending on success and, and you know, what we don't know, what, what's your plan so far? So our plan right now is I just got word here like an hour ago, which was good news. Breaking we news, wait, everybody. Breaking um, news. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Our, our, first, uh, our first rider motor is just about complete. So that's perfect because we do not have a motor in-house yet, but there's three on the way. Um, so the first one's about done. Um, and the other two should be shortly after. So we're, we're, we're getting in better shape there. Still some pieces moving around as far as getting everything together. Um, but, you know, Scott and I talked about this this past weekend. We had our race party for the year. It's kind of the end of the 23, start of the 24. All of our sponsors and everything and team got together. And, uh, you know, we want to be 100% ready when we go to the first race, whether that's the icebreaker, whether that's two weeks after the icebreaker, I'm not sure. But uh, if everything would come together, you know, we might be at the icebreaker, but I can't commit to that yet. But that is in the in the works if it if it works out but most likely we're going to start at lincoln on saturdays um and we're going to do some stuff at williams grove on fridays um obviously we're going to run all nine four ten shows at baps um mainly because you know that's probably where i'm going to be the most comfortable i would think at least at the start and then uh probably venture to port royal too and then we're you know we're kicking everything around after that it just all depends on how everything goes how we're running i mean there's stuff on the table as far as obviously running most of pa speed week um and then possibly even uh you know we'll see where we're at we've even kicked around on going and doing some of ohio speed week so it just just all depends on how quick I catch on and where we're at on speed and stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of variables, a lot of things, who knows what the weather does, who, who knows, right? Yep. It's, there's very much a who knows kind of thing. And you're in a great position being the first go around that you don't have to chase anything. You guys can kind of do what you want to do within the realm of, you know, reality. Um, uh, Tyler actually asked, could you see double duty at port with the wingless sportsman in the 410 if that schedule aligns? Um, yeah, I actually think, you know, now, just to touch on this real quick, our one, our one uh, crew crew member, Scott uh, Smith, he actually did a little bit of racing in our backup car last year. So there might be a couple times where we bring both cars and he actually runs, you know, the wingless car or the wing car um, in the sportsman division. And then I run the, the 410, but the 410 is going to be probably the main focus. But yeah, I absolutely think that at least once or twice this year, we'll probably, you know, try to do um, something. You know, like Williams Grove, the opening day at Williams Grove is four tens and wingless sportsmen. So, you know, it's just hard to say, but right. 
Yeah, I mean, we did the double, you know, we won the double with the wing and the wingless sportsman, and it would be extra, extra, extra special <laughs> if we could win yeah. a 410 race and then also a wingless sportsman or a wing sportsman race. Um, you know, by the way, Stuart Smith in your backup car, I couldn't tell who the hell was who for a minute. At a quick glance, I couldn't tell who was in what car. I was so confused a couple of times. Yeah. I was like, wait, which 88? Didn't I just see him go by? I was like, what, what is happening? Yeah, it, he's had some experience. He's ran uh, Legends 305 Super Sports. And so it was just one of those cool deals that we did. And he did an excellent job yeah. um, in, in doing that. And that just also shows how good our cars work that, you know, he was able to jump in there. He ran it at Path Valley like the week before, I think. And then he ran it at Paps that week. So he ran it twice last year. Um, and then Brett Perigo, competition. Uh, thankful that you're leaving. Uh, have you ever turned laps in a sprint car before 2024? I have not. No, nope, I have not. So, we, we, had, we had planned on turning some laps last fall, but we just couldn't get, oh. you know, the motors and everything as far as trying to get parts. And that's wingless so, or yeah, wings. Like no 360 or 410 ever. No. no Don't go to Brett no. for advice. He hasn't put a steering wheel on right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh no i'm looking forward to it um you know i've i've i've, re I've out, reached out to a lot of people that have done both you know the few that have um i've talked to kevin mouse about it and some different people and uh you know a lot of the people i talked to and asked for advice you know that follow me or know how i race they they claim that they think i'll you know be able to adapt fairly quickly and you know i'm not saying get up to speed as far as compete for wins but at least adapt and you know, I'm one that likes to, uh, I, I'm definitely a charger. I mean, I, I love to get up on the fence and stuff. So I feel like right now with sprint cars, um, especially with the way the tires are, I'm not sure if that's going to change, you know, going forward here, but the way the tires are, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta be aggressive. You have to keep the, you know, you gotta be on them. So you gotta uh, keep, because the tires obviously right now, you know, obviously those guys, the sprint guys know a lot better than I do, but the tires aren't very good, obviously. So. I don't know what that means, Paul. Um, but so, oh, I okay, got it. I, my my thing was like, you're going to go to Lincoln in the icebreaker with the potential field that comes out there, and the you know track conditions some years are pretty narrow. Uh, it can be a challenge for sure, and your first time in a in a in a winged four ten. Um, you know, a lot of guys skip that event, right? Simply because they don't want to tear up equipment, go out for the year. So. Yeah. And and that's the other thing, you know, we're, we're going to be smart about that when we, you know, when we do it, you know, you can't, you can't go and, and just say, oh, I want to run the icebreaker and all that to be the first race and then get yourself in a bind and get behind to start the year if you go there and tear a race car up or whatever. So, yeah, we have to be smart about that. I mean, we actually have some things in the works that um, if the weather permits and we get some 50 degree days before that in February and we have everything, you know, together, we plan on, uh, you know, making some laps at BAPS before that um so but that's if the track's ready you know and and we're able to make that happen anybody know who paul peters is no nope. I don't know what, do you know what he's saying no nope <laughs> moving on um <laughs> so the um uh, what was i going to say here uh talking about payouts you know craig morrow mentioned about payouts and that's not um something i know a ton about in that division and listen i, I think with you know, the budgets, the style of racing, um, I, I don't expect that to be a premier paying division. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on kind of that, the future and what that could look like? Um, uh, well, 
Yeah, I don't like to get into that because I got friends on everything. You know, I'm friends with the guys that own BAPs. I'm friends. You know, so, yeah, obviously I'm a driver and, uh, you know, I make a little bit of money doing this. So, yeah, I, I think that um, I'd love to see it pay more, obviously. But, you know, the insurances are way higher. The, the, I think the biggest thing is like when we talk about this, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. You know, my dad was racing in the 80s at the Springs and they were racing, I think, for either 1250 or 1300 to win. Um, fast forward to 2024 and most of the races, you know, you race for a thousand to win. So everything costs four times the amount it used to from the eighties, but yet we race for less money. So, I mean, I, I see it, I get it, you know, it definitely, you know, it, it's hard, but then you got to come up with where if the track doesn't make anything, you know, if they don't make anything, then obviously we're not going to have a track to race at neither. So it, it's a fine line, you know, there's, a lot of guys just think that everybody, you know, I think our payout is around 7,000, a total payout. So, um, you know, they think, you know, a lot of guys is like, well, they should double it and make it 15 or 14, whatever, and pay two to win, you know, double everything the way back through. And I'd love to see that. But I, I, if the track's losing money week after week after week at that, you know, because let's be honest, we're not like you guys said, it's not a premier division where we pack the stands anymore, um, like they did at the Springs. Um so we could argue about that, you know, for days and days and days, but uh, yeah, so that, it's kind of one of them tough subjects. For sure. And listen, I, I, again, I didn't want to put you on the spot there with that, but yeah. it, it seems to be a hot topic and it is every year, yeah. some point it's a hot topic in in a division. Mm -hmm. um, 358 guys talk about it a lot, Absolutely. you know, um, the four tens. I, I don't, I don't know if they have much to complain about around here at least right now um, the way it's the way it looks. Right. But I think these other divisions it, it it's tough balancing that investment versus winnings. And, and I've always looked at it like, well, you're really not going to make a living for your family and feed your family in, in these lower divisions in central PA. So you race to your budget and that's it. Complain about the purse is what you spend versus what you make. And if you're looking to make it a business and a winning business in a lower division, you're probably not going to be as competitive as you want to be in a lot of these, right? Because it takes, unfortunately, right. a little bit of a budget to run up front. It doesn't. Now the sportsmen, we've, what I've heard, like Brett talk about, you, you can do very well on a very small budget in that division. So probably bang for the buck. Do you believe it's one of the more, what's the word here? Um, investment, investment friendly. I mean, I'm not trying to like pick apart anything here yet, but, um, definitely the wingless deal. Yes, you can, you can, especially at Path Valley, you need very little motor. So you can go to Path Valley um, with, you know, with a low budget as far as even with motors and you can be very well competitive and you can win races there. You go to race with a wing on and, you know, you run back, you definitely are going to need some more motor to run up front. Um, and I think that shows because uh, the teams that are winning, you know, 90% of the races at BAPS are, are the teams that have the best motors for sure. Um, but you know, it, the wingless part of it, absolutely. Like, you know, you, you can definitely have a lot lower budget and, and do all right there. Cause I mean, same thing, the wingless normal payouts, not quite as much, um, at, back through, but it, it still pays a thousand dollars to win the same as, as you know, the, the wing division. In, in 410, and this will be my last question, I'll let these guys uh, do a few here, but I had so many in my brain about like this transition. In the 410, what are you looking forward to the most? Whether it's a track, uh, an event, 
learning, the feeling from all the people you've talked to and gathered all the information and asked all the questions you could, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, probably just like realizing I made it to that, to the top, you know, I mean, it's the cream of the crop, you know, you, you, you wake up and you're like, Oh, we're racing today. You know, we're racing a 410 today, but then, you know, if things go great, you know, in a year or two, whatever, you know, you could be keep competing to win, you know, word of outlaw races or high limit races. You don't know. I mean, that's just, it's, it's that unknown as far as, you know, when you race a super sportsman, you know, you're, you either got to go to BAPS or Path Valley or, you know, when they do get a few races somewhere else. But when you have a 410, if you want to load up and go to Florida and race and the budget allows, you can, you know, it's just crazy. Um, as a kid, I always dreamed of it. Never really thought I would get there. Got a little bit late start on it. Um, but, you know, Scott and Lori's kind of gave me the opportunity and we have a lot of great partners. Um, and uh, and it's going to allow us to to what I think is to, you know, in the, you know, maybe I hate to use this because I'm not one to brag or anything, but we may shock some people eventually because we we have. I think we're going to have the intangibles and everything under us to, to, to win races eventually. I, once I get comfortable, it may shock some, and I don't think any of us here will watching that for what we've been watching the last couple of years. Um, I not listen. I hope because I think good owners, good teams, you know, that's going to make us healthier in Central PA, and and having another one in the field is just better for us as fans, and better for us when those uh, you know dreaded travelers come to town. So. Yeah, not not to not to not to break in on you there, but yeah, that's one thing. You know, there's not a lot of new four ten teams starting, obviously because of the price of everything and all that everything. So, so I thought it was we we thought it was a great time, you know, to to move on and let's let's build this four ten team. And um, you know, there's a lot of guys leaving, whether they're going to high limit or going to the you know whatever the outlaws or so weekly around here, you know. Um, there's going to be, you know, I just read today, Devin Borden, they're going to, they're going to travel a lot this year now. So, um, you know, it, the, the car counts, you know, you know, it was a good year. It was a good time to, to make the jump. Yeah. And I think Williams Grove, especially, right. If you look at Williams Grove and the car counts, you're going to get a lot of seat time this year. You go to Williams Grove and you get there each week, you're going to get the seat time that is so valuable. You know, you're not going to just run your hot laps, your heat, and a and a B main if you know to learn, right. and that's it. You're going to get all the laps. Uh, Lincoln, there's going to be nights where listen, 40 cars show up, right? They're just there's going yeah. to be those nights, uh, and Port Royal can do the same thing. But yeah, I agree with you completely. With it's good, it's a good time to entry. Did you guys have discussions? And I said it was the last one, but it's not. Did you guys have discussions about doing a 358 for a year or anything in the interim? Did that come yeah, we, we, actually, we actually did. Um, there again, the problem we ran into was you're basically going to build your car to the same aspect as you would a 410. And you're only going to spend a little less on a motor, not a lot less if, if you're buying new and you're buying the best. Um, and then you're, kind of handicapped again to what you're going to be being paid and then how much you can race. I mean, yeah, you don't get me wrong. You can run at Lincoln a lot. And then I think the Grove has maybe 12 shows, but um, it just, we didn't really want to invest in it. And then a year from now, you know, get rid of those motors and then move to 410. We just figured, you know what, we're going all in. If it takes a full year to get up to speed, it takes a full year, but we're just going to go all in and, and go this route. But we did, we talked about that. Um, but we were actually more looking into the 360 deal where we could leave Central PA and go race more where, you know, 358, you're kind of stuck here again. 
you know it's almost i feel like the 358s are kind of almost like super sportsman you know it's central pa and that's it where a 360 you can kind of travel wherever knoxville eldora you know ohio wherever chris jimmy um i'll go first two questions so uh tony what's your expectations for this year you you mentioned getting to see time with but what realistically would make this a successful season for you looking back on it uh to the end of the year I, a successful season to me with the equipment we have and um the knowledge that's there um as far as setting cars up you know all that stuff uh i i, I think we should get a, a local win this year I, I think we should win a race at a local track and that's you know williams grove lincoln or port royal i really do believe that um as long as i can carry my end of the bargain um but yeah just a good solid year learning you know hopefully we don't tear a lot of stuff up obviously that's what makes everything get expensive when you tear a lot of stuff up or have motor issues um but just to have a good solid year to grow and you know it would be awesome to to roll into the races at the end of the season knowing hey we have a top you know 10 top five car every night we roll in that would be awesome but you know we'll see where it goes and then the second question so 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 far what's your most memorable win in your career or what one what win do you most want to what race you most want to win? Um, i mean obviously the 100 lapper being the first father and son to ever do that you know i don't know how many um you know how many guys really i don't know how many in the division i know the eichelbergers obviously aaron and rich um i know aaron never won it rich did um the fantasies but i'm not sure i don't think bob ever won it so um jay you know jay or steve couldn't so i'm not sure how many different but it, it was cool to do that being first father son to win the biggest race we raced for and then uh i i this year for some reason just because it was such a dominating deal um because we kind of just dominated both races there the path valley deal this year where we won um both races and and really it was the wing race was pretty cool because we were just dicing through traffic and everything and um scott told me then later you know he said when we were walking across the track he said i looked at the guys and he said uh that's why we're taking him 410 racing so that that kind of <laughs> that kind of made me uh you know that made me feel good because uh i knew it was a good show and i knew we were really good that night and we had a lot of space between first and second that night sure uh, a couple of questions here before we let you go from uh, from the uh, viewers again. Brett Perigo asking, there's a week in, a week in June where you could take those things off the top off the sprint car. And that was something I was thinking, is like USAC racing anything maybe in your horizon? I mean, do you do you like do you like the wingless stuff so much <laughs> that you might want to do that? Or I mean, I think that's still to be answered. Um, we're definitely uh i'm definitely i love racing wingless as he knows um we talk sometimes at the track but uh it, it's definitely a possibility I, I think it would be where things add up to that point if we're doing really good with the wing on by then um then i could see maybe maybe doing it if we're struggling and we're not really confident because let's be honest um you know a driver it's confidence is everything so uh see where our confidence is at at that time with the wing on and Maybe we will take that off for a few races that week. That'd be cool to see. And then uh, John Fulton, one yeah. more question. He has, uh, what advice has your dad given you about the 410s? Uh, the 410s. Um, he just says they're going to be easier to drive than a sportsman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when he raced, when he raced sportsman, obviously, um, 
you know, there was no power steering. Now we have power steering. So that's one of the things. But no, mainly what I've heard from a lot of guys, you know, that big wing, you know, you have a lot more downforce there. So the cars are planted harder. Um, Kevin Nouse has even told me that before. He said it's much easier to drive a 410 than it is a super sportsman. So that's about it, really. Um, he's actually in Florida right now for a couple months. So we haven't been talking as much as we normally do. But um, yeah, he's he always gives me advice or tells me, you know, this or that. But yeah, probably that's the, the biggest thing he said is that he thinks it'll be easier for me. Yeah, Very good. Uh, definitely appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, give, tell us a little bit about the partners, help you get up and down the road. Uh, previous, and well, I guess you don't have to worry about previous if they're gone, but give us the list, man. If you have them written down, give us the list of who, who's going to help you out this year. Yeah, I just want to make sure I don't forget anybody here because we have a lot of support and uh, it means everything. But uh, obviously, Hess Iron, you know, Scott's business, um, they've been, you know, a big backing, obviously, um, since we've started. Um, R and R Motorsports this year came on and, and got involved, and that's uh, Randy and Roger uh, McKeon. Um, they've owned race cars before, 358s, 410s. They kind of teamed up with us and, and helped us as far as uh, cars. They uh, brought a bigger trailer to our deal that you know we didn't have to go buy one, and uh, they're also going to supply us with a motor. Um, Reesers, um, Donnie Reeser from Reesers Ice Cream. I mean. We wouldn't be, we'd be, a, we'd, pro, we'd be a 410 team, but we would not be anywhere close to what we are as far as having four race cars set in there and all these motors and everything. You know, he's been a huge, huge help. Um, McCoy Brothers Construction, they've been with me since I've started. Machining America, um, Interstate Garage Doors came on board this year. They're a new sponsor that stepped up. Um, Truck Specialties, they've been with us the last uh, two years. Um, high Performance Lubrication supplied us with uh all of our oil needs and stuff for the year which was a huge deal um that just kind of came out of nowhere we weren't expecting that um chamberlain winger uh sanctuary service sanctuary services custom cut flooring piper advertising ken brown trucking uh gray concrete uh the carlisle Amvets, and uh yo construction as long and and also the frosty putter which is also um the reesers uh Reesers deal there so yeah we just like i said we have uh unbelievable help um and quite honestly when i think of uh how much help we get we're just uh it's kind of overwhelming really that that i that scott and i or whatever you know we built all these partnerships over the last two years and uh some of these guys have came with me since i started you know nine ten years ago um but yeah great support and that's what it takes you need it there you go. Tony, good buddy there. Uh, wish you lots of 410 success and don't be a stranger to the sportsman. He he misses you already. Like this guy, you haven't even been on the racetrack yet in the 410 and he misses you. Poor Tony. <laughs> Poor Tony. Love that. Yeah, well, we'll be there a few times. So cool, man. Hey, we appreciate you so much uh, for joining us. We'll get you out of here. You enjoy your evening and listen, cross our fingers. Good weather. We'll see you at the icebreaker. All righty. Hey, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on. Take care. Thanks, Tony. Jimmy is muted. Okay. It's yep, there it is. I'm surprised he's not crying <laughs> yet. There My bad. <laughs> I'm not watching. How's the game going? Not very good. Um, okay. Moving on. Talk anyway. About it. anyway. Not a football a, podcast. Not a football yes, podcast. Not a football do, podcast. Do you want to end it now? I don't, 
Vaughn wants to see you actually cry. No, or swear. we do. We do want to see that, but we want to hear if you're willing to share about your weekend, Jeremy. Yeah. Real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's still like, like, yeah. Um, so I had the opportunity um, a few weeks, probably a couple months ago. I got um, I got a message on Facebook uh, from Mr. McDonald from the Eastern Motorsports Press Association to to join the program, uh, to join join the press association and. Uh, signed up for it and kind of checked it out and, and they uh, invited us up to their year end banquet, which was this past weekend up in uh, Wilkes-Barre and just sort of experienced what that's all about and um, just get to know that, know that it's networking. It's um, basically just Northeast media folks, whether it's photographers, writers, uh, journalists, media people, whatever. Um, so I went up, uh, drove up and I already did the Saturday portion of it, got there Saturday morning, entered a few photos in the contest um, wasn't at all prepared, um, at all. Didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, got some good information from Bob Yurko, uh, photographer himself, just a great talent, great guy. So I was, um, prepared enough to show up and, um, you know, I, I didn't do great. Um, but I did get an honorable mention on one photo, which for me was like winning because as bad as I presented everything, um, I'll take that. So, and I'll be honest with you, it was, um, I made a Facebook post about it and not that anyone follows me or cares, but it was just unbelievable the amount of talent in that room. And it was humbling and inspiring all at once. Like, Hey, I think I can do this. And also, holy crap, there's this, I'm not nearly ready for this at the same time. So, uh, photo contest was cool. The amazing amount of talent that was in that room. And again, years of experience, uh, was just cool to witness and, and the, the photos I'm a race fan. So the photos that I got to see that these guys you know, composed and took in their eyes and how they think was just amazing. Um, I saw blue angel pictures of Daytona. Uh, there was dirt track, there was go-karts. I mean, drag racing, the amount of racing that people took in last year, just in that room was amazing. Um, got to see D Dave Argerbright speak. Uh, he was one of the honored guests there, uh, during the day, listen to him, uh, kind of talk about his career a little bit. And then the evening, they had the actual awards banquet. And somebody said that in that room, there was over 2,000 feature wins sitting in that room. Billy Pouch, um, Matt Shepard. Um, they both, Billy Pouch got the Hall of Fame, Matt Shepard, Driver of the Year. Um, Matt Hirschman from the asphalt side was there. He won 50% of the races he entered this past season. I mean, 50% winning percentage. You talk about showing up and a guy just, well, well <laughs> who's going for second today, right? It was one of those deals. So, um, and, and then there was more and more. So uh, just an amazing event uh, that the EMPA put on. And, oh, yeah, Brett Hearn was there. Good, great. Good. I forgot about Brett Hearn. Like, the amount of talent and it was just like I was just like a kid in a candy store. Like, holy shit, I'm in the same room as these people. Like, I'm a grown ass man and they're heroes to me. Like these guys, these names, like I'm, I don't know a lot about Brett Hearn. I obviously know the name, never saw him race. And listen, I'm a, like I said, I'm a wing sprint car snob, but I know who Matt Hirschman is. He's national on the national stage. Matt Shepard, if you don't know who that is, you're not even a race fan at this point. Uh, there you go. Uh, Tyler between Hearn and Pouch, that's 1800 wins. Just those two. So it was, um, it was, it was super cool. Um, I, I already talked to my wife. I'm like, okay, I got the dates I'm preparing for next year. Uh, not only for, for my work and, and, and just being able to compete and look at some of that, but to go up and experience the whole event Friday and Saturday, um, Pocono Raceways involved as a sponsor. Um, they've had some of the biggest names in the industry at that event, um, honored them. 
both with awards and, and Hall of Fame. And I'll be honest with you, no offense to EMPA, but I had no idea that they had this pull and reach. I, I had no idea. Um, and why should I? Who's EMPA if you're not involved in it? So um, it, it's pretty wild. And there was a video tribute from Ray Evernham um, to someone. They had Ray Evernham, Red Farmer did a video. He wasn't able to be there, but he got in the Hall of Fame. Red Farmer put a video up. Um, the reach that they have in the motorsports world was just super, super impressive. Uh, Ariel Racing News had a big presence there. Earl Krause, uh, he was the, one of the big speakers there, um, kind of hosting the event. Um, just so many big players in in the media world in the Northeast. And you know, we talk a lot about sprint cars in this in this room on this podcast. But not far around us is a lot of big time racing. And shame on us for uh, <laughs> not being fans of that. But listen, we are what we are. But uh, it's pretty amazing the amount of wins and history and things that are around us that we don't really touch on a whole lot in this podcast. But, you know, eventually I'd like to get to that point and have some of these kind of people on and learn about their their life and, and their career. So it was just a great event. And then uh, I scooted home early Sunday morning to avoid the snow squalls and then up there. So I uh, did not want to get stuck in any of that mess and made it home about an hour or two ahead of it. So good to go. Yeah, they get bad up there. <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't great i was coming down the road at like you know barely the sun is up and i'm looking around going oh boy but i was good uh, i'm home safe so all good well congratulations on the honorable mention and being there and it sounds awesome so yeah, uh it's it's you well deserved for you you do great work we we know that you mm -hmm. know it's glad to see other people you know getting out there starting to see that too so that's awesome coming uh 2025 man this is gonna be my year 2024 and that awards bank for next year i'll be prepared i'll be ready to go hell yeah we're going to get at least a, another honorable mention, you know, or show up one or the other. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, another thing that we want to probably touch on before we get into some news and notes is Chris. We kind of touched on it last week. It kind of got rolled out, pun intended, uh, this week. So talk about what you got going on. Um, coming here probably in the next few weeks, we'll have an announcement. Uh, Tony Sharp and I are going to join forces with PA Dirt Tracking Creative and Sportsman Media to do rolling podcast. It's going to be all about super sportsmen's, wingless sportsmen's. Um, super excited about it. We're going to be talking to these guys monthly at first, talking about races that are coming, happening, maybe some driver profiles. Try to get to know that division, put a spotlight on those guys like Tony Jackson talked about that division and some of the names that our audience maybe not maybe doesn't know. Like I said, like even just three of us, a lot of times Saturday we're being 410 people at Port Royal or, or Lincoln. But um, last year, I got to go to BAPS for the Sports 100. That was super cool being a part of that experience. And I'm definitely going back again. And just the more involved I got in those pits, following like Brett Perigo and, and Eric Rutz around a couple times, made me want to keep doing it. So joining up with Tony Sharp there, it's going to be excited. It's going to be exciting and uh, excited to get it rolling. Man, what a what a perfectly timed podcast, right? Like, How about that? Yeah. Man, it's like we planned it out. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Um, and me, I'm just going to sit here and cry because my Eagles are getting stomped right now. So that's cool. Are they really? I didn't look. 10 nothing. I do think and it was. And Bucks are driving again. So whatever. Um, anyway, so let's get into racing. Uh, Chili Bowl this past weekend. Touch on that a little bit. Logan CB back to back. He's been pretty much you know, so dominant, not just there, obviously everywhere. the Chili Bowl. He had such a year, silver crown. Uh, he got the four crown at 
Eldora, Midget Championship, just but so good. And uh, it just is kind of like bookend on the year between last year's Chili Bowl and this year's Chili Bowl. Plus, he won the Race of Champions this past week. So, a uh, hell of a run by him. Um, end of the uh, feature kind of built up and kind of it rubbered down. So, it kind of got boring. And you know, there's a lot of debate should it be 55 laps? Should they change Saturday program a little bit? So, because either you get it real heavy and it's boring for the first 25 laps, or it gets rubbered down and it's rubber down on the bottom like it was for 25 laps. It seemed like they can't win. Um, and when you put so many laps, you start with a P main at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. or whatever. It's kind of hard to avoid um, so many cars on the track. So, um, you know, maybe they'll be looking at maybe a different format or something. But uh, And the other big new uh, story that really came out, which is probably what most people are talking about, is Timez. Uh, B main, final B main. Uh, was in a transfer spot, and Cannon McIntosh threw a slider, turned three and four, and flipped them. He got cannonballed, as he said. He got cannonballed, uh, slider die. You know, there's a lot of debate. Hey, Timez would have did the same thing, or, you know, there's people on both sides of the fence. When he was flipped over, he must have threw something at an official because he was getting blasted with a fire extinguisher, and they were kicking wheel. him out. Yep. It was a steering wheel. And they were kicking him out. He was on his way out the door. Um, they ended up bringing them back in, looking at it again. Um, so, you know, just, uh, is what it is. So yeah. Any thoughts on Chili Bowl? I mean, that's pretty much sums it up. I think I just think Logan CV, Logan CV has just been the man, especially in, you know, anything wingless. Yeah. It would have been a fun race water track if we had more to see him and buddy go at it, but you know, Chili Bowl is going to Chili Bowl and we talk about it. We can complain about it. It doesn't matter. I mean, the best three drivers of the week were all up there and just unfortunately couldn't really race it out beyond that. But Logan CV has been an animal for most of the last calendar year. So, um, Jason personally was definitely a standout for me. Uh, that track doesn't take rubber. He may be up there, uh, for that super impressive. Um, you know, I think that, Listen, the Chili, they, they can't win, right? Everybody has so much hype for that event, so many cars, and all they won is a great A main last night. And it, it listen, they did so good all damn week. That Those tracks yeah. were so good all those week long. Those features all week were so good. Would we give would we have given up a prelim night shitty track for that? Absolutely. But listen, <laughs> it's not a failed event. It's a great event. They did a great job. Um, uh, the whole Timez cannonball thing, it's that right there, like it epitomizes midget racing in today's yes. world. The whole incident, yeah. okay? Throw stones. The whole thing. You don't throw stones in a glass house. If that doesn't scream, what happened there? Nothing mm -hmm. does. If you don't understand that reference, that is that that accent is that reference. The, everyone immediately goes slide or die. That's what he says, and then everybody goes, "This kid's a weapon, and he's done it before, and they have a past." They all have a past because they've all done it to each other. Yeah, but very few of them can walk out there and say, I'm a winner and I don't do that. There's not many in this world, in the midget world. I, I have no problem with it because I was it was bound to happen and someone's going to get pissed if they were on the losing end of it. Period. End of sentence. Until they decide to stop doing it themselves, they're all going to keep doing it. So, yeah, I, I wasn't mad about it. I didn't take a side on it. It sucks for Timez, and I don't blame him for being pissed. Yeah. But would would other guys in a, in a different spot? do any different you've seen it hundreds of times over the season, course of a season these guys throw bombs at each other and are just lucky there's not a car out there 
they mm-hmm. they don't take care of that car. Like no. they're no longer on a slider. Do you take care of the other car? The car that's getting slid is the one that has to make a decision if they have an opportunity to. So that's what midget racing is anymore. And I don't have a problem with it because if I have a problem it's with the it, the driver I like is going to do it to someone. And how? Yeah. What? I'm a hypocrite then, right? If you're a fan of a driver and you, you're pissed that they got slid and taken out, guess what? You you better not be mad when your driver does it. Or yeah. you better – actually, you better carry the same damn energy because if you're against sliders like that, you better have that same damn energy when your driver does it because they're going to. It's very rare. So – that's my take on that. I just think that it's uh, very much a uh, stones in a glass house scenario. Yeah, um, it, it's it's for a transfer spot into the biggest midget race of the se- of the year. You know what I mean? And the, the shitty part is, is that they were both in transfer spots, and it was really unnecessary. But the, you don't know that when you're out there. Um, so I think that's maybe where that comes through a little bit is is the frustration there. I thought Team has handled it great. You know, he used it. Uh, he just dropped this video and the thumbnail is hilarious. Um, but he used it to, you know, promote himself and he was having sure. fun with it. He was mad, obviously. But, you know, I thought I, I don't think you could handle it better than he did. He, he handled no. it with, you know, he's like, hey, we put on a show and that's what he came here for. So, mm-hmm. you know, still sucks they didn't make it. You know, sucks that they both could have been in the feature, but it is what it is. And uh yeah, it's just kind of sad that that's what midget racing is at this point. But, you know, such is life, I guess. <laughs> We're talking about it. That's all they can yeah, ask for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's really it on that. Um, but, yeah, they, they did a great job with track prep all week. Um, it is a little sh- bit of a shame that the last 20 laps or so sucked, but it wasn't that bad. I thought the beginning of the feature was good. It was fun. Um, Buddy was tracking them down at one point um so yeah speaking of buddy copoid quick uh note on him is people outside of finishing second at chili bowl he also declared to go full-time world of outlaw racing next year which is a big pickup for the outlaws i I think uh in the 83 roth car so um where do we see him maybe fitting in kind of in that in the tiers there just right off the bat i think if the car holds together he's very much a threat for a championship really i i'm not going as far as championship no, I i'm think, not saying win it i think yeah th- second i wouldn't surprise me if you want a championship but i would think probably a third somewhere in the top five for sure but third is kind of the spot i have him in yeah i don't know man i i you know i look at logan gravel mosquito yeah i I, I put him I, I don't know, top five at the back half of the top five, maybe yeah. fifth through six, because there's just not 10 cars to me that are going to be at that level. And he has all the backing he needs. And we know he has the talent. I just felt like he got kind of quiet for a while this year after he got an 83. And it was like right out of the gate, they were good. And it just sort of seemed like he was just kind of, and then he had some wins and it was kind of quiet. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he comes out and, Puts up 10-win season. I don't know, but I think it's going to be tough to break through that gravel, mosquito, um, Logan-type barrier night in and night out. You know, um, I mean, time will tell. I, I think Buddy's one of the, obviously, the top talents in the in the world in a 410 sprint car. So Absolutely. It's, uh, it's about going and getting it done at this point. You know, we talked about Geo that way. When Geo first got into the 410s, and Geo's not out there winning 20 races a year, you know? So... 
you don't know, right? So I guess we'll find out. Time will tell. I think the only question I have is, can he do it for a 90 race season or however many races it is? Right. You know, that that's going to be, and that's going to be always the thing with, you know, he's going to be a rookie now on the tour. So, um, you know, he, we know he can win. We know he's very good. Um, but I think, and it's something that we saw with Gio. Gio really got, he was very consistent actually for a, a rookie on, on the series, but, you know, not many wins, just kind of up there. You know, and I kind of see Buddy being the same way, right around the back end. You know, maybe squeak it into the top five of points, right there with shots and probably Geo, and Hoddenfield. You know, right there. So, you know, can Buddy finish races? Can he? You know, and he generally does. Don't get me wrong, but like for over the course of the season, can he have like less than five or sixty DNFs? That would have, be the key for him. Are they going to have Toyota power? Because they blew up a lot of those last year. That's a good believe, question, and I'm believe, not sure. I believe I heard yes, but that's why I said I hope they have those gremlins figured out right we'll see that matters right i mean yeah. you, you look at the reliability of the top teams in the world of outlaws and the championship seasons they don't they don't not only to have part failures but motor failure they don't it doesn't happen it's very rare right you can even have a crash come back and finish but you ain't finished if you blow up a motor in the feature so right you know um that matters those part failures do matter so uh if you're talking about points that's what can hold him back is DNS yep. is really what it'll be. We know he can drive a race car. That's not in debate. It's that consistency in finishing races. Absolutely. So, so he'll be fun to watch. That's, and like I said, that's a big pickup for the outlaws. That adds another big young talent to that roster. Not that they were struggling, but I mean, obviously high limit has 16 drivers. So them picking up another big name is, is good for both. You know, for all of us as fans, again, like we talked about it over and over, just how good this potentially could be for fans. So, um, so that'll be interesting. Um, Tony mentioned it a little bit, uh, just kind of before we went on air. Uh, Devin Borden, they're bringing back Chris Shuttlesworth after they dropped the Shuttlesworth name because Jim is gone. And then uh, they're talking about going out on the road a little bit more. You know, uh, a, a trip home to Skagit, um, and and doing some other traveling, hitting some big races. So that that's interesting. I didn't see that really from them. Um, kind of like a a one eighty of what I thought they were gonna do. But um, I think it's I think it's a good move. We'll see. Time will tell. I think it's good for so, Devin's development to go the more to just Port Royal. He can run Port Royal. We know he can run Port Royal, and he's okay at a lot of other places. It's a good chance for him to take that next step. So let me ask you, is not take away from that Devin conversation, but who's who's competing on the Port Royal points title this year? Yeah, Chase Eats. Okay. No, no, like agree. legit contenders to win yeah. the title. Not who's going to show up every week? Chase Eats. No. Chase Eats. Okay, just make, sure, just make sure. I'm not arguing that. I'm just. Lo hold Logan, on. right? Logan Wagner. No, uh, yeah, Logan's supposed to run. That's, I think they're supposed to run. I don't know if they're going to run full time in points, but that's probably where he's going to run. Um, Justin Whittle. Mike Walter, that Dylan Sisting, I think those are your big five right there, and no, that's Hall a competitive five. Halligan will be in there, yeah, for sure. Um, um, Mike Wagner, if he's healthy. Mike Wagner, yeah. I don't know what his. He's always yeah, a threat. I mean, he's always so update. consistent there, but we haven't heard about uh, where he's at um, physically and all that. So hopefully everything's okay. I, I would actually think, based on that list alone, I would say Chase Deets might be the favorite if if they are truly well, running for points there. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really know. Chase hasn't run there very much, so we don't really know. But he's in one of the, you know, he's in the 
the car that won a bunch of titles there. So and he did put um, out a schedule. If he's not running for points, he ain't missing many because he put out yeah. every weekend is Port Royal. So yeah, uh, and it sucks. I won't see see him at Lincoln much. Um, you know, just the big races, speed week type events at Lincoln. I like watching Chase run Lincoln, so that that kind of sucks a little bit for sure. It does look like he's running a lot of the Grove, though. Yeah, oh, every, yeah. I think he's chasing Grove with 2D. Yeah, we right. talked about that. That was his plan last year, too, was hit all those Grove because the, the payouts are pretty solid. Right. So exciting stuff. So, yeah, yeah we'll I, see. I'm and, excited and... about the Port Royal title this year. I think it's as wide open as it's been, uh, I believe. You know, even yeah. if. Logan Meyer does run them all. I believe it's as wide open as it's ever been. Um, you know, and, and I think you're going to see some new winners at Port Royal this year, too. Um, I I think Mike Walter is going to get a win at Port Royal this year. Cody Lehman got one last year. Um, you know, I've seen some pretty big improvements by some of the young guys, and it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see some young guns win some races at Port Royal this year. And Mike Walter yeah. was a guy knocking on the door a lot last year, just had a lot of – Bad luck, but uh, yeah, by the way, the the classic down in Australia, it's I heard it's gonna be on flow. No, is it? That's what I heard. I saw it. I thought I saw someone post that. That's gonna be on flow this weekend. Interesting, Matt. Maybe you can help us out with that. Um, I I thought I saw that. I didn't look ahead at the whatever, but if that's on flow, I know where I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'll be watching. Um, yeah, classic is on flow. Cool. Let's go. So uh, his pick is Jack Goodyear or Carson Macedo for the classic. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, you got, I think Rico's down there, obviously, uh, Hot and Shield, Sweet, Brock Zierfoss, uh, Carson Macedo. Classic. The roster's yeah. going to be incredible. And then you got all the good Australian drivers as well. So and we don't even know much about Like, yeah. I know Jock, obviously, I know Jock, but there's, there's a lot of good Aussie guys down there that are gassers, man. I mean, our boy, I don't know if he's racing, but is Ryan Newton going to be in this deal? My, that's my boy, right? Oh, yeah. So he's down there. So maybe, maybe he, you know, I don't know how his season's gone. I've been following along a little bit. Um, but I feel like there's two seasons down there. Guys are racing over here. They're racing over there. I, I don't know how it works in that country. If they are, are, are they like. It's Western and I think Western and Eastern are so far apart that yeah. kind of have to kind of like how California PA is. Oh, <laughs> it's kind, of, kind of like that. So, um, Ryan Newton is nominated. So there you go. There we go. So a lot of um, a lot of familiar names that we know a little bit about, and then there's going to be some names. I think there last year was somebody who, like, I remember watching, and it was just a young guy, and like just shocked the world a little bit, and and, and how he ran. And I wish I could remember his name, but uh, there's some impressive drivers down there, man. And uh, I'm excited to see it for sure. Like honestly, yeah. I like watching those guys and the young Aussie guys. I'm used to seeing our guys go out and dominate, you know? So um, I'm okay if our guys don't, to be honest. I don't take that kind of pride in it. I just want to see these young Aussie guys. They're gassers, dude. They're insane. Yeah. Running from spiders and snakes their whole life. Now they just they're gassing up on a <laughs> car. You know? Uh, if I had to pick, I'm going uh, – yeah, Calum, I don't want That's a name I've been noticing is Callum, Callum Williamson. Yeah, I think we're it seems like – Name soon, I think. Probably. That, that's <laughs> one. That and also – uh, the Western Australia Speed Week or whatever versus the USA. It's been basically like it seems like the podium every night has been Brad Sweet, Callum Williamson, and Brock Zierfoss with yeah. Rico sprinkled in there. Um, so he's been, but he's been there like every night. So he's definitely right up there with, with some really, you know, he's definitely, he has to be, you know, a top five favorite, I would imagine. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Uh, I think he could have a big 2024 season coming up. So, uh, yeah. To be determined. Here. We'll see. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> For sure. Well, guys, is, is, I guess that's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> We're out. Jimmy's yeah, going to go probably make it. it. Uh, next week. Next week guest. Should we, are we talking about it? Are we talking? Can we say it? Right? Okay. I, I guess we could. It'd be a I mean, little I, bit of... Go ahead. It's confirmed. That as, of, as of this moment, it's confirmed. If if next week we get here and that person's not here, that that's probably that's our luck. fault. <laughs> it's probably our fault somehow. Uh, Brad Strasser from Port Royal will be joining us next week. We'll get another little, uh, maybe you know, behind the scenes of a track type of point of view from him, and and get to talk to him next week and get to know him a little bit. So they've had um, an interesting all season. I'm excited to hear yeah. uh, what's been going on up there. It's yeah. been uh, you know the bridge is done, right? Like. The bridge is up and running, and and all the other changes. Oh yeah, yeah. Made some news in the all season, so I'm excited to to hear what's going on. What a yeah. time to be alive! Port's excited about a bridge, and the Grove doesn't have one. <laughs> so, with that, thanks Tony That's Jackson it. for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Definitely yeah. keep an eye out on him. Uh, that was a great interview, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next and week. Later. See you.